I'm so excited. Okay, my first question is... Oh, wow. Oof. Ooh, that's, a, that's something to start out with. Right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it depends on who's I like looking at I think I look queer. Yes. I think I I'm look trans. like the queerest <laughs> that I've I ever looked. That now that I have short blue hair. For the most part, yes. I think like my haircut is... I like to hope that I give off the gay vibe. <laughs> Today, I think uh, I do. The queer vibe. What is looking queer, though? You're listening to Looking, Feeling, Queering, a podcast about what it feels like to look or not look queer. Arthur and I talk about baby queer radicalism, the relationship between facial hair and trans masculinity, and the power of body modification and names in identity validation. Hi! Hello! So, first of all, do you think that you look queer? Yes. Cool. Do you want to tell me, like, in what ways, specific landmarks, maybe? Well, I'm trans. <laughs> um, I have, I don't know, I mean, I'm not really passing as anything, but I'm non-binary, so that's kind of the goal anyway, you know? Like, mm-hmm. a lot of people read me as female, but as, like, I think, like, straight people read me as a butch lesbian, Mm -hmm. you know, but, like, queer people know I'm queer. I don't know. I feel like I've I've read as queer even before I realized I was queer. Mm -hmm. Like, because people in, like, middle and high school used to always think that I was gay, but I didn't know. Like, I didn't realize Mm -hmm. until college. Um, But, yeah, so I guess there's something about me. Appears queer. <laughs> Have you ever been told that you look queer, even if it's not maybe imp- explicit? Oh yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah, um, I mean beyond just the middle school stuff, it's like, um, yeah, people always know that I'm queer. Some straight people don't, I guess, um, mm-hmm. but I think I give off like pretty strong queer vibes beyond just the queer community. Like I think other people mm-hmm. know too. Yeah. Um, were there any, are there any spaces where you feel either not queer enough or too queer? Like maybe looking for jobs or at like very queer events or things like mix or something? Yeah, I mean, I've always had trouble with like queer spaces, like queer, exclusively queer spaces because a lot of the time they feel, um, I guess just uncomfortable in different ways. Like, I had a lot of trouble going to, like, the LGBTQ center at NYU mm-hmm. and um, other places because it never feels like I fit any of the categories, you know? Mm-hmm. Even though, like, I have a pretty strong identity, I don't feel like I've ever really, like, connected with, like, a queer community. Mm-hmm. But I have a ton of queer friends, and we're, like, our own queer community, but it's definitely... I've never done any exclusive... I've never really been able to commit to any, like, exclusive queer things. Like, it just is never comfortable for me. Mm-hmm. So I have, like, a good group of friends that's, like, some straight people, and but it's, like, mostly queer people, and we all have similar interests, and, like, not all the same interests, but I don't know. It's, like, a good friend group. Um, but, yeah, so in those spaces, I feel like, not that I'm not queer enough at this point, but that I'm not the right kind of queer to, like, exist in those mm-hmm. spaces. And then, I mean, there's plenty of places where I feel too queer. Not so much anymore, but, like, more earlier in my transition, or whatever you want to call it. 
Do you ever feel a pressure to either, like, display um, more than you might normally or hide your queerness visually? Um, I mean, I used to have more of, like, a... I used to have more of that. Mm -hmm. I don't really feel like I have it now. Um, I mean, I'm not comfortable with the way I look because I'm trans and I don't have the money to get the surgeries that I want, you know? <laughs> so I'm not, it's not that I'm comfortable in that way, but I'm just, I've just reached this point where I don't care what cis people think of me. I mean, except, except like late at night, if I like am walking alone, mm -hmm. that's when I worry, but that's like just looking kind of femme in a public space, you know, like that's, that has way less to do with queerness and way more to do with, like, misogyny, yeah. you know? Um, but no, I mean, it was just sort of, like, in the beginning of realizing that I was queer, that I had, that I was worried about looking too queer or not queer enough. It's kind of, kind of I don't, don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I have, like, a, a little bit of a list of different kinds of, like, traditionally considered queer landmarks of things mm -hmm. um, that yeah. I'd love to ask, like, how do you feel about your queerness in relation to sure. XYZ? Um, so, one of the biggest things I keep that keeps coming up in these conversations is hair. Uh -huh. um, so yeah. there's hair length, for sure, um, but also, like, hair dye, and then body hair, specifically, like, facial uh -huh. and armpit and legs and things like that. Right. If you want to dive into the hair... Okay, cool. <laughs> wait, what was the first one? I need to go Length. step by step. Length of hair. Okay. In... I'm, like, defab. I guess that's probably obvious by now. But, like, um, I... When I was a kid, I had, like, anywhere from, like, a bob to, like, butt-length hair. Mm -hmm. um, and then in seventh grade... I decided to just cut all of it off. And it was, like, an impulsive decision. But that's how I make, like, all of my style I cut all decisions. my hair in seventh grade. Yeah, exactly. It's just, like, a thing. Like, yeah. I became a vegetarian and I cut all my yeah. hair, like, in seventh grade. Oh, my God, I think I also became a vegetarian in seventh grade. <laughs> yeah, you get Maybe. it. You get it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, like, cut off all my hair. Um, and, like, I guess it was, like, an inch or two long, but it was an extreme cut. Mm -hmm. Um... And, like, I guess at that time in my life, everybody thought I was gay, like, in school, mm -hmm. especially. I don't know what my parents thought, but, like, that was a thing. And then, like, um, from, like, seventh grade to, like, the beginning of college, I would, like, wildly oscillate between long hair and short hair. Mm -hmm. He never got super long, because I would get annoyed with it and kind of cut yeah. it off. <laughs> um, but, but, like, I would, I would get, like, a super short haircut. And then it would just, like, grow. <laughs> and, like, in high school I had, like, at times I had, like, shoulder-length hair. My hair grows really fast. Mm. And I would have, like, shoulder-length hair and, like, it would be super curly um, because I would get perms. <laughs> Which I can show you a picture of that. Maybe that's a picture I'll send to you. I'll send you all my hair pictures. So that was, like, a thing. Um, and But it wasn't, I mean, I, I really thought I was straight for that whole time, mm -hmm. you know? I, like, didn't realize until, like, November, October, or something, a freshman year of college. Um, so, like, before that, I, like, really identified as, like, a straight girl. Um, and, yeah, so, like, it wasn't about queerness then. 
I think it was just about comfort and, like, mm-hmm. what I wanted to look like, which I guess is all related to queerness, right. but, like, it was never, like, a conscious queer thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I mean, my haircuts have gotten better since I realized I was mm-hmm. queer and, like, sort of <laughs> saw a lot of people with cool hair. But I don't... It's... I feel like it's more of a style thing for me than a queer thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also look more mask when I have, like, like closely shaved hair. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's a gender thing, but it's, like, not... I feel like none of it's conscious, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and then what was the next one? Dying. Oh, I love tying my hair. <laughs> But all of my, like, straight girlfriends dye my hair the first time. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, it is a it is a queer thing, definitely. And that's definitely how you can sort of, like, glance at queer people yeah. on the street and be like, Hey, I found we're you. part of the secret <laughs> club. I see you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely, like, a fun thing to do with your queer friends. But, yeah, it's, like, the same. It's, like, yeah. I just like it. Um, yeah. Know. And then body hair, right? Yeah. That has been, like, a whole journey for mm-hmm. me. I think it has for everyone who's, like, defab especially. Mm-hmm. But also, like, a lot of DMA people. Um, like, yeah. I don't know. I, like, always hated shaving in high school and, like, the end of middle school whenever I started shaving my legs um, and armpits and stuff. And I would do it, like, sort of regularly, but not always. I never liked the process. I did sometimes like the feeling of it when it was done, mm-hmm. but it, but not always. It would, like, irritate me more, I think, than yeah. feel good. And it was just, like, such a revelation. I think it was, like, my sophomore year when I started just, like, not shaving. And it seems so stupid now, but, like, it was, like, huge to, yeah. like, make a choice. It wasn't just me being lazy. Mm-hmm. Or, like, in my mind. Like, in my yeah. mind before, it felt like, oh, I'm just being lazy. I'm just putting this off. This is a thing that I should do, but I'm putting it off. Yeah. And then to, like, make that decision was, like, kind of empowering. It wasn't, like, the most empowering thing I've ever done. Yeah. But it felt pretty good, you know? And, like, to relieve a bit of the pressure of, like, my personal self-care was like really nice yeah and once it got past that like stubbly phase it like felt really nice like I've never shaved my legs since then Mm -hmm. and I think I've shaved my armpits like once Mm -hmm. since I started growing them out because it just feels better you know like there's Mm -hmm. a lot less irritation and stuff so it's mostly about that it's partially like in the beginning I was like super conscious of it Mm -hmm. not self-conscious like I was pretty proud (laughs) yeah but like but, like, conscious of it. Like, it was always on my mind, and yeah. now it just feels good. Um, and I've been on tea for, like, testosterone. <laughs> been on testosterone um, for, like... All you listeners out there. <laughs> all you listeners out there. For, like, a year and a half now, or a year and a third, or something. Like, um, so I definitely have facial hair that grows, like a 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, like, you shave it, like, once every three weeks or once a month. Um, but I really don't like facial hair on anyone mm-hmm. and I don't like the way that it feels. Mm-hmm. So I, as it gets thicker, I will definitely shave it. Um, but as far as gender goes, I mean, 
I think that, like, a lot of trans-masked people grow beards. Maybe, I I mean, I can't just assume what people are thinking, but to Mm -hmm. me it seems kind of like a lot of the time it's either because they can, which is cool, Mm -hmm. or because it makes you pass better, Mm -hmm. you know, which is important, I think, for a lot of people and, like, important for people's safety um, or just their personal comfort. And maybe they just like beards. I don't know. But I, for a while before, like, taking tea, I, I like, thought that I would have to have a beard. Mm-hmm. And it really freaked me out. And it, like, held me up for a while. Not just that, but, like, a lot of, like, yeah. things. Um, but then realizing that, like, oh, I don't need to do that. <laughs> it was okay. Um yeah, I don't know. So that's, like, probably the most intensely queer part of my hair. It's, like, body hair. Yeah. Um, I don't know. For sure. I thought about it a lot at the beginning, and I still think about it a lot. Yeah. Cool. Do you have any feelings about piercings and tattoos? <laughs> I love piercings, <laughs> and I love tattoos. I don't have any tattoos yet, but I'm getting one in, like, Three weeks. What? It's not officially appointment yet, but okay. I've made a plan with my friends. We've been talking about this for two years to go Amazing. together to get lightning bolt tattoos. I don't think they're all going to match, but we're all going to get lightning bolt mm-hmm. tattoos together. Um, and don't tell my mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love piercings and tattoos as like a form of self-expression and as mm-hmm. a thing to do to your body that's like modification but not harmful like if you get it at a safe place um I have a lot of anxiety surrounding tattoos because I've never gotten one and because I'm an anxious person Mm -hmm. um but also because of like STDs and like or not you know what I mean like needle Mm -hmm. like blood diseases um so yeah that's part of it but I mean I think it's like queerness is like not just gender and not just sexuality you know like Mm -hmm. it's sort of like not that tattoos are not mainstream Mm because they are but like I feel like I don't know like there's like different things that you can express with tattoos where even if you're you identify as like a straight male or a straight female Mm -hmm. it's like sort of just automatically makes you look more alternative or whatever whatever you want to call it if it's not, like, the eight tattoos that everyone gets, right. yeah. it's, like, just different, you know? And it's, like, art. And so I think it's a really powerful thing for self-expression for, like, people who don't... I mean, it's hard to define, like, alternative lifestyles, right. but they don't have to be... Like, there's a lot of gender shit that isn't traditionally trans, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of body modification can sort of, like express that you know Mm -hmm. um in ways that words and like I don't know it's like a way I mean I think a lot of this stuff um like the the queer hairstyles and like all like tattoos and piercings and like queer clothing and like all of that is sort of it's more of like a desire to at least the way I perceive it, it's, like, this desire to express yourself beyond 
what people expect of you. And it's like a way of saying, I'm queer, or I'm this way, or that way, without having to constantly talk about it. You know, because yeah. it's exhausting to walk around and be like, yeah, I'm trans. Hello, I'm trans. <laughs> yeah. And it was, like, so powerful for me when I, like, came out to everyone and started constantly going by Arthur mm-hmm. to be, like, someone who looks like a woman and but has short hair, looks kind of gay, and is named Arthur. Like, that all of a sudden, all of a sudden people, like, it confuses them or it clicks and they're like, oh, Caitlyn Jenner. Same thing, but backwards. <laughs> you know, like, even though that's wrong, right. it's still, like, this way of just... It's really Marking. powerful, and it's, like, a marker, and I don't have to explain myself to yeah. people. I mean, I still do. Right. <laughs> but, like, I don't I don't always have to, and, like, it already breaks yeah. down a lot of the barriers, you know? Yeah. This is a conversation I feel um, all the time, especially thinking about, like, labels um, yeah. and, like, a lot of ways that they're oppressive or awful in different contexts, but, mm-hmm. like, can be so nice um, because they do some of that work, and, like, if it comes from a, like, personal claiming or like it's able to be fluid and it's not like whatever it's another conversation but i think it's a a great thing um cool so also how do you feel about makeup i think makeup is awesome Mm -hmm. i don't wear it very often but not because i don't like it it's because well i already have a lot of like face issues and body issues Mm -hmm. and so like makeup sometimes complicates that for me um and I'm a perfectionist, and really, like, my job is to be focused on, like, art stuff, mm-hmm. and my all of my schoolwork is to be focused on art stuff, so if I can't do it perfectly, I'm like, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. I can't leave the house like this, you yeah. know? So, like, I don't wear it very much right now. I used to always wear it in high school, um, but, like, very, like, normal makeup. Not yeah. I would wear some colors, but, like, it was very, like, yeah. femme, casual makeup, but I don't know. I, like... I love makeup. I think it's great. I'm going through, like, this phase of my life where I don't wear very much of it. But every once in a while, I'll slap on, like, an orange lipstick or a blue lipstick, and it feels so good. Yeah. Lipstick is the best. Yeah. Um, so, earlier, you were kind of talking about, like, quote, alternative and, like, mm-hmm. radical and stuff. And I've been thinking about that because I wonder... I think it can be a lot of things, but yeah. there's kind of a, like, maybe Venn diagram of, like, radicalness and, like, queerness. And I wonder, maybe, is it that, like queer people because of their queerness like are inherently more radical or if like there's a pressure to like mark more radicalness or what kind of that thing is and then thinking more about grounding that visually like thinking about buttons and patches and like different paraphernalia that like claims any sort of agenda radical wise that's a lot of words no that's cool (laughs) um i mean definitely the first part definitely i definitely think that queerness makes you more inclined to be radical in a lot of ways because you just are Mm -hmm. just like with the current climate yeah you know like like the current social climate anywhere in america and also probably throughout the world but definitely in america Mm -hmm. and definitely here in new york it's like you just you either have to pretend to be the mainstream or not be super loud or if you're just fed up with that because it's exhausting yeah. you just become radical like i think from when i was like very tiny and like just becoming <laughs> conscious i was radical yeah. you know and i didn't realize that i didn't have the words for it but like as a kid i was like an a huge feminist yeah. you know which partially because comes from like my parents being super cool 
but they don't really identify as like feminists all right. the time, you know. Yeah. But it was just like I I just from a very young age I was really conscious of gender, um, and I guess pretty I was pretty radical as a kid, <laughs> like it's in the cool way and like yes. in the, in the <laughs> radical way, you know. Like yeah. I I don't know I was just like super not outspoken but like I would see things like gender shit that happened all the time and it upset me you know yeah and I thought that it just upset me as a girl for a long time because of like misogyny and that definitely (laughs) is a huge part of it um but I think it's also just like the I just always hated the the very strong divide yeah you know in everything so I think I think it's definitely being forced into it um and then I think I mean I guess if you feel like you need a queer, an exclusive queer community, like the LGBTQ center at your school or like, Mm. um, specifically gay groups or specifically trans groups, I think it would be scary. The reason I don't like a lot of those things for myself is because it feels very like we need to be all the same, Mm -hmm. you know, or like we need to have all the same politics. We need to stick together in order to overcome the world Mm-hmm. And, like, I just can't subscribe to that because it doesn't work, in my opinion. You know, like, I just can't. It just really frustrates me when people won't consider other people complexly and understand that, like, things are always complicated and there's never anyone who's perfect at... Like, the the your ideals never match up with you, like, what you actually do, you mm-hmm. know? Like, they should be aligned... And they should sort of follow each other, yeah. you know, um, to, in order for you to be able to, like, exist, <laughs> you know, without falling apart. But it's just, like, I don't know. This was yeah. related. What were you talking about? What was um, the question again? Just like, yeah. Well, also, I, you said a lot of wonderful things. Oh, radicalness. Um, yeah. But I think, like, just curious to, like, ground it to... Mm-hmm visual markers like do you have buttons on like your backpack or your jacket or patches or things no i i never liked having a lot of words on me Mm -hmm. like and that started in like early on with hollister (laughs) like things like i just (laughs) always hate it it just really bugged me um i like patterns more than words um i don't know so no i don't really have anything like that um, it's definitely, like, a queer thing, and yeah. that's cool, but I don't have it. Cool. Um, and then, do you have any, I don't know if you, like, do pride things or, like, go to very queer things, but do you have any, like, specific items of clothing or accessories that, are like, maybe rainbow or other things that are, like, this is my queer thing? I have is a tutu. A <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have a tutu um, <laughs> that I wore to mix once, and that was awesome. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I mean, a couple things are more queer. I mean, I'm very comfortable in, like, my, my like, kind of uniform for the past year or two mm-hmm. has been, like, jeans or sweatpants, like, yoga pants, not, like, mm-hmm. not like big sweatpants, um, with a t-shirt and a button-up, mm-hmm. you know, which I never button-up. Um, which I think is a pretty common, like, sort of mask, mm-hmm. but not always mask, um, thing to wear. 
So I wear a lot of plaid, so I guess that's kind of queer. Yeah, I was going to ask about plaid. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I like plaid. Um, and other, like, sort of men's shirts. Um, and then, like, women's pants. <laughs> that brings me so nicely to your next question, which is, um, if you feel like it, do you want to share any of your experiences shopping for clothes? Oh, Jesus. Um, you don't have to go all the way in, but, like... Oh, wait. I yes. also have a netted shirt mm, that yes, is, like, I, I almost only wear it to queer things because I don't... Straight people don't deserve it because it's brilliant. Um, yes. But it looks like it looks like I have a sensor bar over my boobs, mm-hmm. which I love because that's the only part of the shirt that's solid, except for mm-hmm. like the collars and the and the like stripe at the bottom. The collar, the sleeves, and then the stripe at the bottom are like solid. Not the whole sleeves, just yeah. The, there's the what's the, it called? The wrist um, wrist part. Yeah, the wrist part. So the the wrist bit. <laughs> Uh, and everything else is just like this netted black thing. I love that shirt. That's like Amazing. my queerest shirt. But it's yeah. just because I don't want straight people don't deserve it. No, they don't. Not at all. <laughs> so anyway, clad shopping. Shopping. Oh Jesus, I hate shopping. <laughs> I haven't gotten past it. I like someday shopping will be okay. I have a whole plan to make a clothing store that's comfortable for all people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not going to talk about that because I don't want anyone who listens <laughs> to your podcast to steal my ideas. Um, but yeah, I mean, I hate shopping. It's terrible. Um, it's like, I don't know. I have a lot of like issues with just like showering because I have to like exist by myself in a small space mm-hmm. with my body, you know, and touch it. And like, that's not always bad, but it's like really painful for me. You know, and it Mm. always has been. And for a long time, I didn't acknowledge it. I just, like, would not want to shower or take a bath. Like, when I was little, we didn't have a shower Mm -hmm. for, like, my whole growing up life. And so it was, like, always baths. And But even now, with college and having a shower, it's, like... So that alone is painful enough for me. And then it's, like, basically the same thing, but with a big mirror and lots of people around you. Mm -hmm. And money, which is so complicated and bad... And, like, it's just, like, all of the bad things. Um, I hate shopping for clothes. I have gotten a little bit better in college, I guess, but I'm still not good at it. Um, It's still often anxiety-ridden and bad. Um, My, like, the thing that I do the most is I'll go to the thrift shop, the red, white, and blue, Mm -hmm. in my hometown. It's just the best because um, the stores in New York are terrible. Yeah. The one in Jersey is great. Um, and it's, like, big, and there are very few mirrors, and nobody cares what you're doing because it's enormous, and they're all doing their own thing, mm-hmm. and it's a thrift store. Um, it's not one of those, like, boutique sort right. of, no. It's, like, a warehouse of clothes. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. And um, I'll, like, go there and try things on, and, like, things will be, like, a dollar each or, like, three dollars or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I like. I always get my pants at, like, Old Navy because I know that they'll fit me there and I know what size to get. Yeah. Um, and I can just... I don't even need to try them on always. I do sometimes, but, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And, like, stretchy jeans were, like, such a revelation for me <laughs> when they Still started to become a thing. Jeans. What? Still haven't found jeans. Really? Yeah. Oh. It's the worst. Your pants. It's the worst. worst. I have a huge butt, and 
I used to have a smaller waist, but now because of testosterone, like, that's sort of evened out a little mm-hmm. more, but this doesn't make it necessarily easier. Yeah. Um, but jeans are terrible. No, I'm, like, big thighs and then, like, pretty small waist proportionally. Yeah. And it doesn't, pants don't It's exist. hard. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard. Um, the more I learn about the world, the more I realize that pants exist for very few people. Yeah. And we all just deal with it. Yeah. Because I used to think it was, yeah. like, just me. No, it's so real. We need to, like bring it out into the open. That's why my clothing store needs to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. So, I'm wondering your feelings, because I also, or I identify as non-binary, but, like, there's this kind of notion, I think, in, like, media and the world and real life of, like, androgyny being, like, very white, very thin, very masculine. <laughs> That's how I feel. <laughs> Did you get that? Yeah. Um, cool. Well, we don't talk about it more, but just like... <laughs> no, I can talk about it more. <laughs> I hate it, and it's terrible, and I definitely benefit from it, especially from being white and being defab. Um, I do not benefit from it in being fat, because um, it's really hard to be fat and trans. I mean, it's really hard to be trans, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, it's been... It's like a constant issue... You know, because it's, it's like, literally the basis of intersectionality is, like, um, all of these things on top of each other, and they just, like, it's not just all of the issues added together, it's, like, they all complicate each other, and we could talk about that in, like, so many different ways, but in terms of, like, um, the whole, like, image of non-binary people, like, the only thing, I mean, none of the, like, I can't look... Like, nobody looks at me and thinks, oh, that's an androgynous person. Right. Like, because I'm just, like, my body is so inherently <laughs> genderable, <laughs> I guess, you know? Like, yeah. because I'm, like, super curvy and, like, I have big boobs and, like, I'm short and my face is feminine. And, like, I don't know, people get confused sometimes, especially... But mostly with my name, you know, mm-hmm. like, or if they see me in a certain outfit from far away, <laughs> or they hear me over the phone, that's a thing, too. Um, but I'm I'm never, I don't know, I don't know how much I can speak on this, because I, I don't think I'm androgynous. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it's just a fucked up concept. Yeah. Like, it's just like, I don't know. I think that, I don't know, it's just like such a narrow thing, um, and it's fucked up, and not just for me. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it, for me, it like ties into our recent conversation about pants. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I like don't have pants, so therefore end up looking super fun. And then I'm right. like, oh, I can't mark this like not gender thing because I'm wearing flower dresses all the time. <laughs> right. Um, it just sucks, but whatever. Yay. Flower dresses are cool. <laughs> They're the best. And I love, I but don't like, know, I like have so much love for femme stuff. Yeah. You know, and like femme expression. Um... Like, it's just been so important to me throughout my life because, like, I grew up in a very, like, girl power sort of mindset, mm-hmm. you know, from the very start. And, like, I've since I was, like, really young, I've been in, like, girls groups and, like, 
that's like the femme stuff is really important to me. Mm-hmm. I don't like all of it. Yeah. Um, I don't like wearing skirts, but it's not because I don't like skirts. It's because yeah. I'm fat and my thighs rub together. You know, like yeah. I, I, it's like, it's there's so many complicated things, and that's why I dress more like traditionally masculine right yeah. now. But I love like femme clothes. I love that shirt that's like see through. I love yeah. my tutu. You know, like. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's so much. So much. <laughs> it's all so there's much. There's so much to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a question here. I don't know if everyone like thinks about these things, but I talked to one person who's all about history and was really into this, but like, I'm just wondering, do you think, do you have any personal experience with like noticing how queer aesthetics might have, um, changed with time or maybe stayed the same? Like I was just talking to someone, um, who is like a generation or two above me and was like talking about how she like met her girlfriend like and they were all wearing docks and like at that time I was with my roommate and we were both wearing docks and it's just this like these markers and I wonder like is there something inherently queer about xyz or like do we look to the past maybe sometimes and emulate that or what if you have feelings about time (laughs) and history I mean I think that campiness sort of reverberates throughout queerness you know Mm -hmm. it's just like but I think it's less of a inherently gay thing Mm -hmm. and more of a like you kind of have to be funny and have fun because it's so painful to be queer Mm -hmm. you know and even if it's not like a super conscious thing and even if you're just like even if you're like the most privileged white queer person yeah. It's still, like, internally painful because of all the dissonance, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, so I feel like campiness is definitely just, like, from the beginning of time probably been a part of queerness. Um, but in terms of, like, actual clothing, I mean, it's all so tied up in, like, brands and capitalism <laughs> that it's, like, hard to say. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. I... It's hard for me to really identify visual stuff. I think there's plenty of, like, queer behavior that is the same or different. Um, I don't know. I think having a very strong, like, or I guess, like, really intense understanding of what you're wearing is pretty queer. It's not exclusively queer, but, like, being super aware of how people are reading you is, like, kind of essential for a lot of queer people, including me. Um, And so I think in that way, we can sort of dress like each other and sort of, like, communicate with each other. And there's the obvious, like, things today, at least, like, the undercut and, like, I don't know, colored hair, like he said. Yeah. so I think that's a thing. And, like, I mean, girls dressing more masculine traditionally or, like, boys dressing more feminine, that's definitely a thing. And I think that's been a thing for a long time. Yeah. But I think that's less about the sexuality aspect and more about the gender expression. Yeah, I think it also might have to do with, like, queerness, whether the actual, like, what the piece of clothing is might have changed, but it's always maybe been a kind of, like, going against the norm and the, like, expected whatever gender expression, where, like, that has stayed 
mildly consistent. Yeah. And it's always, like, subversive, but then in five years, all the straight right. people do it, too. So exactly. it's, like, like gotta be... Hair right, exactly. It's gotta be, like, constantly changing. Yeah. Because... Straight people take it, but like, <laughs> they don't take it away, but they they copy it, and it's like yeah. boring. And know? then like capitalism like takes uh, the rhetoric and switches it around. Yeah, so cute. Yes, <laughs> Gaga. <laughs> um, cool. So it's kind of the end of my questions. There's always more to talk about, but I wanted to end with what is your favorite article of clothing? Why? Or, like, the first one that comes to mind doesn't have to be ultimate fave. Um, I would say right now it's the jacket that I stole from my dad a few days ago. Amazing. Um, I returned his jean shirt that I stole a couple weeks ago. Amazing. Tell me more. And took his green uh, L.L. Bean jacket. It's green on the outside and, like, a windbreaker material. And then on the mm. inside, it's got, like, fleece and it's purple. Mm. Um, and it's from the 1990s, the early 1990s, from this job that he worked at in a quarry. Mm. Um, he worked, um, like, as, like, a salesperson mm. for the quarry. So, like, he would work there but also work in the office. Mm. He was, like, in between the people who worked in the quarry and the people who made money off of the quarry yeah um you know it's like I don't know too much about it but he like worked there before I was born and up until I was like two I think Mm -hmm. maybe a little younger um I was a baby um that's what has the company logo of the quarry Mm -hmm. that he used to work at (laughs) he did like limestone and stuff so Mm -hmm. I love that it's just like so good it's like this bright green and bright purple Nice. And it's obnoxious. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Yay! Cool. We did it. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. What if we turned it on and it wasn't recording?